We're working it. Bingo bongo. Bango wingo. Hey everybody, welcome to the Citadel Podcast. My name is Nate, your glorious host of this podcast. I am joined today by the um, industrious, oh. because he's been working a lot lately and right. I haven't seen him, Joshua yeah. Sitta, my Highly co-host. productive. Thank you very much. The most productive. And then we're also joined today, um, I didn't ask you what you wanted your title to be, but I'll give you an adjective. What would you like your title to be for this podcast? Uh, my brother just got his doctorate, so can I be like superlative doctor? Yes. We have with us uh, the masculine uh, superlative doctor Aaron Burns with us. Thank you very much. And I'm saying masculine that's because the beard uh, is connected and full. I thought it was for irony's sake. Ooh. If I were more masculine, I would do something about that <laughs> comment. <laughs> Thanks oh. for coming on, Aaron. I'm, I'm excited to have you here. Yeah, man. I like hanging. I like just, I think like the last year, I feel like I haven't seen anybody, so it's just good to hang out with my friends. I get that. Aaron, I've talked before on this podcast about how. I was a victim of a cybersecurity attack a while ago when they said I would be a director in Iowa. I didn't end up being a director in Iowa. I ended up losing $2,500. Has there been anything in your life that has been a like a cybersecurity incident? It could even be as small as like, oh, someone got on my Facebook at school and posted stupid stuff. Um, I wouldn't call it a cybersecurity incident, but like I, I can think of a time where I had to question like, oh, crap, oh, I've been, have I been hacked? Uh, I got an email... And the subject line of the email said, I'm, I'm not, I, I won't say it, but it just said my most common password that I used when I was a teenager. Dang. And it said, like, like you've been compromised or something like that. And it's this whole long email that says, like, dear Aaron, uh, we know who you are. We we've we can look in your camera and see who you are. Uh, do you recognize that password from the subject line? We know all about that. We know we have all of your browser history. We know everything about you. So you have to send us. It was like $800 or something like that. And I, and I just remember like freaking out thinking about like, have I been, is this the end for me? Like uh, <laughs> as, a, as a high schooler. And then I kind of put together that like password leaks are a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like I figured out this isn't a real thing, but for that 10 minutes or so, I just remember being like, game over. My, my, I got to throw my computer in the trash. It's so good for you for figuring that out. That's a, that is a really successful campaign that went on and it does exactly what, what you're talking about. Um, somebody got access to one of the uh, data breaches from Facebook or Gmail or any of these other websites that have that have mm-hmm. leaked your password before, and they, they have the easiest scam ever. I will send an email to whatever email is contained in the password breach with the subject line of their most current password or whatever was in the, ba- in the breach, and that's going to make them feel a certain way. Yeah, it did make me feel a certain way. It feels like proof. Like like when I saw the the password I was like, this is le- like this is such a unique password to me. No one else would know it. How do they know it? They're yeah. in my computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it turns out they're just in some company's computer who <laughs> has I, my password. Yeah. Um so yeah, good for you for for figuring that out cuz a lot of people did fall for that and it seems like $800 is priced right. I will say it wasn't just me figuring it out. It was me going Okay, I'm gonna sit on this. I'm not gonna worry about it for a little bit, <laughs> and then hearing from another friend who had the exact same situation and being like, "Oh, it's just a common thing. It's not me." Like I, I didn't figure it out in ten minutes, but after ten minutes, I decided, "Let's just wait. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. Let's see how this develops." <laughs> yeah, they might email me again. They might not. <laughs> if I get this dude in a white mask from V for Vendetta showing up at my door, maybe then I'll pay. Yeah, well, that did happen too. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> how about that one? He took cash though. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have a card reader at the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's the only like major incident I can think of of like, oh, I've 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 been compromised. Although, no, I can think of like when I was a middle schooler, I had a I had a computer 
and then a bunch of like weird icons started popping up on the uh, desktop like like hey click here to play poker hey click here for this website and uh, and my my dad's friend our next door neighbor who's like a computer and hobbyist basically just he took my computer and I just remember him making jokes based on the the um, like the icons on the desktop being like hey so what kind of websites are you visiting huh and like 14 year old me was just like uh nothing <laughs> nothing at all unable to tell if it was a joke or if he knew yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um so so rich if you're out there <laughs> you, you, uh, you knew you, you, you scarred me <laughs> uh nice i uh i've been getting a ton of spam emails lately like yeah. a lot of them to my normal inbox mm-hmm uh, and that has honestly, it's never happened before. Normally, spam just go spam, spam mail, which could be called spam. Let's just mm-hmm. go with it. Spam is usually sent to the spam folder. I'm I'm sorry. I was on board with bad advertising. I was on board with the other one. Oh, spam isn't going to make it for me. Uh, I've been getting a lot of uh, spext messages. Um, have you been getting those recently? I don't know what spext is. Uh, it's a spam, spam text text. Me- text message. Oh, yeah, yeah, spam, yeah, yeah. spam text. It's a, it's a word we made up. Yeah, it's what it's what all the cool people say. Spext. Okay, right. Nate and I are on board. Um, but I've been getting a lot of like, hey, Aaron, uh, congratulations, this is uh your cell phone provider, and we paid a we paid a month of your cell phone. Click here to find out more about it. Uh, but like, I basically never got those until the last month or so. Do you know anything about like increased ramp in cell phone text spam messages all i can say is the least valuable thing which is yeah that's happening uh, a bunch of people <laughs> I have, feel better a bunch of people have reached out to this my my um actually my sister-in-law was the first person who ever uh introduced me to this and it was just it was a series of it's called smishing that's the uh cyber security <laughs> term for it okay, okay me and, and nates are made up but yeah. yours might be real <laughs> and i'm concerned yeah yours is a better term but uh the industry term for this is smishing SMS, spam mail phishing uh, simple message system God. I like Nate's better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they'll they'll just start getting your attention however they can with with their scam, and that's that's text now. Um, so a lot of the spam that I'm getting, I I delete them all just because I'm I'm still waiting on an email that I've been waiting on for like three months now. But they're coming from uh, not all mail. They're coming from a mailbox that's like number txt. Oh, so that's a that's a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting texted to my email uh, images of, "Hey man, <laughs> fix your home's AC," or "Want to get Hollywood hot?" <laughs> yeah, and the Hollywood hot one isn't real. Okay, we you verified. Yeah, that's not. Also, the phone number is my phone number. <laughs> yeah, in the email address. <laughs> I'm just sending it to it's myself. It's just me hanging out at your house saying the AC is not on. Nate doesn't know. <laughs> hey, you man, create this elaborate. AC. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I text you email (laughs) just really didn't want to broach the issue in person yeah um yeah so let me ask you a question okay a lot of us in the business world have secured tons of our accounts with multi-factor authentication and by far the easiest one to set up is uh text me a code do you think it is more likely that there is a bad guy out there who is buying a new cell phone plan and he's going to use that cell phone plan to text as many numbers that he can think of. His, his phishing, his his mm-hmm. smishing, his what did you call it? Spexing. Spexting. Spexting. His. Solid. Thanks. His spexting scam. Do you think he's going to be uh, messaging those people individually, or do you think that there's maybe like a bunch of people whose phones have been compromised, and now 
the whatever malware is resident on that phone is sending those text messages on that person's behalf. I think a little column A, a little column B. You think so? I figured yeah. it was more of like I don't think it's people's phones are getting hijacked to send text messages. I assumed it was just like whatever the equivalent of I set up an email server to send out a bunch of emails. I set up a text message server to send a bunch of text messages. Hmm. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but it just feels more likely to me. I know I get phone calls from Virginia all the time because I have a Virginia number. Yeah. And they're like, hey, we want to let you know your social security number has been compromised. Isn't that convenient because you live in a different area code? Yeah. So my mm-hmm. area code is not my local area code. So if I see my area code, I just ignore it because I know it's a spam call. Yeah. Well, for me, I pick it up because I want to talk to somebody. <laughs> uh, I'm usually alone. Even if day. it's a Spanish robot. It's normally an Indian guy and it's the same one so far four times in a row and he's gotten mad at me every single time and hung up on me learn that guy's name like develop a rapport with him win him over i haven't yet so the the first time i said it like a fake name that wasn't mine he says no your name is nathaniel i was like no it's not it's uh vindaboo or whatever and he's like no your name is nathaniel i was like no it's vindaboo and my social security number is not safe fix it and he hung up on me <laughs> so he just i've gotten the same call but if if I pick up, he calls it, back and he's like, "Hey, is this Vindaboo?" <laughs> <laughs> he's looking for him. Uh, but if I call back after I've missed the call or hung up, it goes to an actual human being's cell phone. Oh, okay. You so they back sometimes. Why? I miss him, yeah. man. <laughs> so they've spoofed someone's number. Correct. Yeah. A lot of the time, the the spam that I get is either spoofed number or a credit card company finally figured out I didn't put in my right phone number. The spam that you're getting, that's funny. The spam that you're getting, that's to your email or to your phone? That's, so I'm getting phone calls not as often as I, there was a time where it's like every 30 minutes I'm getting a phone call. Yeah. The spam I'm getting is to my email. So I'll wake up and I'll say $400 off a 4K TV and it's a text message thing. Um, One of the things that we found is really valuable recently is that they were real quiet about it, but I think it was October of 2020. So right about a year ago, Microsoft, uh, they enabled every business to be able to go into their Office 365 and just suddenly, with with like three clicks, turn on all of their advanced phishing protection. Um, most of the businesses that we've interacted with, they've had this functionality. They're they're paying for it because it's now included in their office, but they don't know about it. So nobody has ever told them like, hey, log into your admin console. Do these three and, clicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if if it's a personal account, you're kind of out of luck on that, and you just got to deal with the spam. But if you got a business account and it's, it's powered by Microsoft, log into that administrative console, click on Security and Compliance Center, find the, um, I think it's called Outlook Defender or Defender for Outlook now. Um, and there's a standard option, which will give you all the best practices, or there's a strict option. I'm here to tell you that if you use strict, you're going to you're gonna miss emails. It's, it's a, it is, it is overly strict. strict. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't when you when you set it up with these easy couple of quicks uh, clicks, it doesn't give you the ability to like turn the knobs. Mm-hmm. You can't um, you can't hone in on the the security that's right for catching everything. So our recommendation is to use standard as much as you can. Yeah. And then if you start to feel friction in that, supplement with security awareness training because that's super cheap. Excuse me, that's super inexpensive. There you go. He learns <laughs> affordable. <laughs> Um, and cheap and oh, bad quality. That's what you're trying to say, right? <laughs> or look to like an enterprise level security tool like okay. Mimecast or something like that. Yeah. In my head, Mimecast is still something that you can access on your TV. In my yeah, and it's just a guy in a box. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get out your TV. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a screensaver. <laughs> 
Like, hey, guys, we could turn on uh, the log for Christmas that is the fireplace, or we can put on Mimecast. And we watch this French dude in face paint try to get out our TV. Yeah, season two, he gets out. Exactly. <laughs> like the Truman Show. <laughs> With a knife. <laughs> like, like, like a mimed knife, though? Not yes, a real knife. <laughs> yes. Same amount of damage. <laughs> Aaron, what is your all-time favorite screensaver? Okay, so the the obvious answer is the pipes. Pipes is pipes, right. Yeah, that's pipes the easy right. answer. Yeah. Uh, I think second place for me is the maze. Maze is second. Yeah. And then I like the fish. What's the fish? There's like an aquarium. It what, turns your- What OS is the fish? Uh, Windows. Oh, okay. What what year? Uh, XP probably. I guess I just don't remember the fish. DVD video, perfect corner. DVD, oh, sure. I watched a video the other day where they show like, it does happen every like mm-hmm. 300 bounces or whatever the thing. Like they show it exactly the path, but that perfect That perfect corner. I'll tell you, man. Oh yeah, my, mine was- I guess I my favorite one was you could type in your name and then or like type in any words oh, and then it yeah. would spin around in different shapes and you could set the font, you could set the yeah. color. Do you remember uh-huh. that? Yeah, it's yeah. like word art basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just kinda like wobbly throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I liked that one. Um that box that would Oh, evolve. it turned into like a flower yeah. and a ball. That was a good one too. This is a good this is a good podcast. Yeah. I'm feeling it now. Uh, yeah, all the hackers are like, oh, these guys know they're, <laughs> oh, they're <no>. screensavers. <laughs> so, Josh, what do you got on your mind today? Here's what's on my mind. It is it is less cybersecurity. Okay, um, we're going to take a road to get here. There is there is some friction that um, that oftentimes your your people who, who want to get into cybersecurity, into that field, feel when they are starting to work in cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. And it's because... Think about the reasons that you want to get into cybersecurity. You do cool work. Money. It's fun. Money is there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're defending customer information. That's the right thing to do, right? Money. <laughs> money is money is there. Yeah, yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like uh, you're you're like you, you are given a level of authority, right? You're mm-hmm. you're given some power to affect real change, to really like make the lives of of the people who work there better. They don't have to worry about cybersecurity anymore. You. You handle all of that. Mm-hmm. But it really does kind of come down to money, not just for the employee, but also for the employer. So when you're that business owner and you're finally ready to start hiring cybersecurity analysts and engineers and architects and whoever else, who is going to command a lot of money? You can be interested in protecting information, doing the right thing, being a good steward of data. But at the end of the day, you can only afford so much. So at some point in your cybersecurity career, you go through this change where you want to pursue doing the right thing, those mm-hmm. ethics that drew you into the profession to begin with, but you start to realize, I'm really just doing cost avoidance under um, under the guise of- Protection. Of, yeah, of cyber protection. And once you get, once you start feeling your motivations chafe and rub up against what the motivations of your employer was for hiring you, you get into this weird spot. And that makes me think about the reason that you don't see a really wide adoption of cybersecurity. Everybody knows that, like, when you start a business, you need a uh, you need a tax advisor, you need a lawyer to found your documentation, an accountant. You need a bunch of stuff, but they don't often include like 
a cyber professional to make sure that we are doing things correctly, cheap, mm-hmm. inexpensively. It's, yeah, it's it, it's more down the line than the the tax guy. It's more down the line than the administrative assistant. It's mm-hmm. more down the line than the cashier. Than the cashier, absolutely. The, the mime. Yes, <laughs> mime for mimecast. <laughs> yeah. So, like, when our big goal is to bring security down to a level that is uh, acceptable for a small business's budget to make security accessible where it hasn't been before. What we have to do at Citadel at, at the company is we have to, we have to figure out ways to engineer the cybersecurity to be performed at, at a low cost. Mm-hmm. And then I start thinking about all of these security tools. Um, some of the big ones out there like Mimecast, are no exception to this, but also some of the things that are open source. Um, uh, there's a, a firewall called WireGuard. There's a firewall called PFSense. Um, there's all these different open source tools that will they will natively run in Amazon Web Services. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes also in the Azure Cloud or some some cloud app, but certainly always. Amazon Web Services. And I just think about the the amount of power that Amazon Web Services has because I've been listening to your clip from the last episode a whole lot lately. Mm-hmm. You went off on a, a really... Yeah, remind thought, the listener, I don't remember. So so Nate went off on a really... Um, I think... The ethics, it's the Jurassic Park problem where people don't take a moment to think like, should I be doing this? They just think, oh, I can. Yeah, this is the next step. Exactly, like I can do it, so I'm gonna do it. Not, wait, should I be doing this? Like, ethically, how does this affect people? And I went on a rant about social media, and honestly, phones, like, the the screens are colors that are supposed to pull you in and keep you there. Like, yeah, if, you yeah, do, yeah. if you do black and white on your screen- Your phone you, is so much more boring. Exactly. I've done that before, and then I had to turn it off because I missed my phone. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, like, no one ever asked, hey, should we be doing this to people? Mm-hmm. Like, it, how how should it be set up ethically and for the future? So and you're I, saying each company needs an ethics committee instead of a cybersecurity professional? Um, I think that would be interesting. I don't think that's the route that I'm going down. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah, Josh doesn't care about ethics. But, but I'm thinking like your big point in there was that we're not making decisions based on ethics. We're making decisions based on money. Mm-hmm. I think about what Amazon Web Services has done. They have made cloud services accessible where it hasn't been before. But now that they're really the best option, and in a lot of cases, the only option to run your... Um, open source deployment of cybersecurity tools that you can scale to make it affordable for your, for business owners. Mm-hmm. The amount that we have we have trusted this one cloud provider with, if if they if they increase their costs across the board by three or four percent, like the amount of impact that, that the amount of economic impact that that's going to have on the world as yeah. the largest cloud service provider, that's going to be huge. I mean, and on on the flip side, if you find out some way. To find you, you find a vulnerability in there. Oh yeah, that's that's a key to the kingdom, man. Isn't that just kind of like the business model though? Is just be the best and the most available, and then everyone comes to you, and then be the cheapest for a long time. That way, everyone's like, oh, we're going to this one. It's the cheap one, and then everyone else gets run out of business, and then you start cranking it up. Like that's what I think. The my example of that 
is uh, YouTube ads. YouTube ads drive me crazy. Uh-huh. But do you remember for like 10, 15 years, uh, anyone could just upload anything, including like old episodes of TV, and YouTube was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fine. It's totally fine. Watch whatever you want. Just uh, just put it in the corner or whatever, and it'll be totally fine. Um, so all the other video websites that you used to go to when you were like 15 are no longer there. And now that YouTube is the only viable option, it's like, oh, you know what? We'll put two ads on this video. And this one, it's going to be five seconds. And this one, it could be five seconds if you click away, but now it's 30 seconds. Yeah. But like, what are you going to, like, all of your videos are on YouTube. It's yep. not like you're going to switch over to Vimeo suddenly. Can I know? tell you the psychology is what happened to me? Uh, now I look forward to when the ads are skippable. Mm-hmm. Even though they're both five seconds. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love skippable ads. I I feel like the the techno space is very uh, unregulated in a lot of areas and heavily regulated in the ones that people can understand. If that makes sense. Hmm. How how do you mean? So there's there. I think the regulation is all in reaction to and not in uh, what's the word being prepared for like in in advance like no one's trying to think ahead of what might come next to help yeah curb anything they're all like oh this happened all right over the next three years we're going to write uh some sort of legislation or regulation on this thing and then three years passes and you no put one it uses into... myspace anymore so exactly it doesn't matter. yeah yeah it's put into play on something that isn't because it's updating so quick it's changing so quickly yeah. that it it's it really is like a wild west regulated but also unregulated space and you often see the forward-thinking stuff come out of tech companies you come it comes out of the private sector mm-hmm. a, a really good example of like a forward-thinking uh, a, a move in cybersecurity that's going to help everyone is this thing called universal two-factor authentication uta u2a <laughs> this is this is something that's been put on by um google and yubikey right private private sectors google you know yubikey is somebody who they make um authentication tokens uh if if you need to have everybody like if you want to put a a a scrolling six digit number on your key ring you can pay yubikey like 50 bucks and you get this key fob that will always have your six digit authentication code for whatever system i just wanted to say i always wanted a job where i got one of those they seem so like that seems like yeah. authority or you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, i know yeah. something that i have to have this weird key fob for yeah i wanted that so bad and then i got it and it's awful it's annoying it's so annoying oh i don't ever want to have my keys in my pocket yeah every 30 seconds it changes every 30 seconds it changes cool. yeah that the, was my only question. The, <laughs> That's it. But nope. the new thing about the thing about U2A uh, that it really does to drive like security forward is right now when you log into a website, you're th- imagine you're online banking. Mm-hmm. You type in your username, you type in your password, and it says, "Great, you've given us, you have proved who you are." But now we need you to do one more step to prove who you are, and that's give us your two-factor authentication code. Mm-hmm. You punch that in, you hit submit or whatever, and you get in. The phishing scheme that is around that is I send you a a website that looks just like your online banking. You type in your username and your password. I capture that. I hop over and I type that in. You type in your two-factor authentication. I capture that. And as long as I can type that in 30 seconds after you've typed it in, then I can get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can't, if I'm not fast enough, I just hit you with an error code. Sorry, that code didn't work. Try it again. And you think, oh, Sometimes I fat finger my my code. 
so I'll just give it to him again. This is this is a um, it's a method of two-factor authentication that is susceptible to phishing. Just, I just want to make sure I understand. You're saying uh, the texting system doesn't feel secure enough, and there's something called U2A that's going to fix that. U2A changes that process. With U2A, not ju- not does just the user have to identify themselves with two-factor authentication, but the web resource that you're logging into has to authenticate back to your two-factor authentication system. Hmm. So gone are the days of somebody sending you a phishing email that looks like the thing that you're trying to log into to steal your information um, because Amazon, when you go to log into Amazon.com, Amazon has to prove to your phone that it is actually the two-factor authentication. So it's one more step. So it's, uh, I want to log in. It sends me a six-digit code. I type that into the computer. I get another text that says, congrats, you signed into Amazon.com. You will not even get the two-factor authentication code if Amazon doesn't first prove that they are actually asking you for the Amazon authentication code. Hmm. So two people are... it's. Essentially, if it were people, two people doing it at the same time, kind of like the nuclear codes, you both flip the thing, and if you both press the button, you launch the nuke. But if only one of you presses the button, the nuke can't be launched. And the nuke being you logging into your computer. And buying, like, a yeah, bunch of I, glue on Amazon and watching Marvelous Miss Maisel. Hmm. That's right, yes. Um, Unrelated. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it would be just a little more accurate if the nuke had to prove that it was your nuke before you are allowed to turn your authentication key. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Okay. I was just imagining that AWS was one hand, I was the other hand, and we both hand togethers. But what if your hands are stuck together because you have too much glue? Why are you buying so much glue? I have free time. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Interesting. How? Wouldn't that just make things take longer? No, I mean, not from your perspective. How often are you loading up your authentication tokens to look at them before you log into a website? I mean, I usually use Google Authenticator. So sometimes, like, I have the ones that are... Yeah, but how often are you looking at that screen without logging into those resources? Oh, never. So, right, so those will only show up after you have gone to the page and and asked the site to authenticate. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Will I get the notification then that it is authenticated? It'll depend on how you have configured it, I, I suppose. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, this is brand new, but yeah. it, we, we should get this. We, we should see really wide adoption because today there's not there's not a uh, phishing-resistant um, method of two-factor authentication, right? We're trying to cut down on people logging into our emails or and, into our systems on our behalf, but we haven't come up with a way to actually prevent them until U2A. U2A. Uh, you're talking about two-factor authentication. Um, and so from everything I understand, two-factor authentication is you get a text message on your phone with a six-digit code, and then you type that in, and then you, you're good. That that relies on you being able to access your cell phone code. Like, it, like I understand that two factors is better than one, but what if someone really, really wants your information and they get your cell phone number from the cell phone provider? Yeah, so this is a softball question for the security community right now because this is this is like the big thing that we've been talking about. SMS is not safe. it's not secure, it's not safe. Yeah, why do we rely on it? Right, absolutely. So security professionals are saying like, great. SMS text that is more secure than not having it, right? Because it makes it more difficult for 
at least at that point, your hacker has to call your cell phone provider and trick them also, which happens all the time. Mm -hmm. There's so many like YouTube videos of like people demonstrating how easy it is to take over somebody else's account uh, when when they're when they're calling in through like a customer service line for your cell phone provider and they just say like, please consider my situation. If I play a crying baby noise in the background, right. how much more likely are people yeah, willing like, to? I, re- I really need this. Can you? I just got to get off the phone. Can you help me out? That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So people are saying like, look, thank you for setting up SMS, uh, two-factor authentication. But if you're if you're really interested in security, don't stop there and install the the authentication token on your phone and yeah. get get the app. An authenticator. Yeah, go out yeah. to the App Store or to Google Play or what, however you get your apps, type in the word authenticator. You'll see one from Google, one from Microsoft, and then a whole bunch of others too. And if you have that, great. Now the bad guy can't trick your cell phone provider. Can they trick Google? They can't. Well, they would have to they would have to trick where your phone where your token is installed. So they would actually have to compromise your phone, which okay. happens. Right, but it's a lot less likely than someone calling AT&T and saying, hey, I really want to get my phone number back. Right. Yeah. It's easier for them to set up the dummy site like we were talking about where now you think you're logging into your bank, but really they have this website set up that's kind of like your bank and they're logging into your bank. You're typing in your information. They're just copying and pasting into your bank actually. Mm-hmm. So you're going in like a fake place and they're getting all the access to just hop in and mm-hmm. then take all $11 from you. The worst two-factor authentication <laughs> that I think is out there. Go ahead. I was just going to say like, do you need me to buy you dinner? If you could, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's okay. <laughs> the The worst form of two-factor authentication is when people will, they will sign up for a resource with their email and then the two-factor sends their email a code to prove that they are, that they have access to that email. Mm-hmm. That's really a single factor. Right. I mean, there are so many ways to get into your email or set up a rule that would automatically send those emails back to me at a different email address. If you've got a system that is using um, email as a two-factor authentication, man, consider moving away from that or see if they have the, like, login with Google or login with Microsoft login Mm -hmm. boxes. Yeah. Because if you do that, you're going to get all the protection of having real and proper two-factor authentication. I'm always wary of those. I, I know I shouldn't be. Feels weird, right? Yeah, feel like login with your Apple ID, login with Google, Facebook. I never, I always do email. I don't think it's actually more secure. It just, it feels like it feels, I, I hate big brothery, but you know what I mean? Like No, I get it. Yeah. Like what if I'm locked out of my Facebook? I mean, I know that this is yeah. the same thing with an email, but an email feels more like I'm in control of it than yeah. a company. I don't know. That, that even, even like logging with Google, it, it's a Google email. You right. Know? Like it's the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That concept, that that discomfort that you have with that is called psychological susceptibility, which sounds like, that sounds like a thing you don't want. But when you're talking about security tools, you want somebody to be psychologically susceptible to using your security. Because mm-hmm. if they're not, they're going to try to weed their way around it. Okay, so take a retina scanner. This is by far way more individualized, way harder to break into than a thumbprint. But who is going to let you shine laser beams into the back of their eyeballs? It's a very low percentage of people that are willing to do that, even though it's the best form of, of biometrics available. You got to come up with security that people are willing to do. And it sounds like the login with Microsoft is not doing it for you. Not for me. Also, you tweeted a thing this week, and it was like, it was something about biometric login. And I, 
I wanted to click on it because the, the, to, the topic sounded interesting, but the thumbnail was like a guy's thumbprint looking like it got peeled off for like like scanning. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was Troy's tweet that you responded to. Oh. That, that thumbnail just grossed me out. Sorry, he's from Australia. Oh, they do that there? He doesn't know better. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba. Hey.